Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. Is doing the most important things alone a good idea? How comfy are you with your choices when it comes to life's biggest decisions? What is real peace of mind with financial confidence and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors. I want to welcome everybody to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I'm your host, Chris Flaming, and today I have the distinct pleasure of bringing Maria Barlow, to the show. Her Barlow Thought Firm specializes in areas dealing with family law, child support and custody, divorce, and legal separation. A recipient of several awards, she leverages her education, contacts, and trial experience to zealously advocate for her client's best interests. Maria does this by fully explaining clients' legal options and carefully answering their questions leading to informed and confident decisions. All this while finding time to volunteer her time to causes near and dear to her heart. So Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. I think we're gonna have fun. So I'm sure you have an interesting history of how you came to be where you are now. So I'd like you to take me through that and what led you to opening your own firm. Okay, so um, growing up, I knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. And so I had eight brothers. I have eight older brothers. I've got, I'm the youngest of 11. So I've got eight older brothers, (laughs) two older sisters. So growing up with a lot of boys, you know, you start to see things that happen to young men that Mm -hmm. African-American young men, you know, they get stopped, they get pulled over. They want to know, are they a gang? They want to know what they're doing over Mm -hmm. here. You know, things like that. So just seeing things like that, injustices and things like that, that led me to Mm. want to become a lawyer. Mm. And at the time, I always wanted to become a criminal defense attorney. I just knew I was going to be a criminal defense attorney. I was going to defend everybody who was accused and Mm -hmm. did not and was innocent. That was kind of what led me to this path while doing this work in fact it was a criminal client that i did a divorce for and doing that divorce for that person led me to for a criminal client led me to doing family law and family law led me to do an estate planning <laughs> and just the state that we're in right now we also do uh concealed carry self-defense so t- um, i'm not i'm not familiar with what that is so tell me well, that concealed carry self-defense tell me what that is so you you know the concealed carry law gives us the right to carry our firearms legally, things Mm -hmm. like that. But -hmm. sometimes, you know, when you are, well, I should even say sometimes if you get into a shooting, you know, the police are going to take you in because they need to investigate. Mm -hmm. So traditionally we go out to the station and we will assist the client with, you know, what statements to give the police and what statements not to give the police. Okay. I think that it is important that people know, even if you believe that you have lawfully shot someone, Mm. It's best to still have a lawyer. It's best to still remain silent until we Mm. can assess the situation and decide whether or not you're going to give a statement. In most cases, I always recommend do not give a statement, you know, not because you've done something wrong, but because you have the right to remain silent. So exercise your rights and do just that. Remain silent. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. So if you could go back and give advice to the Maria that started her practice, uh, however many years ago, what do you wish that you knew then that you know now? So you could go back and tell that person and give them advice. What do you think you'd go back and tell them or say? I would most certainly tell them to invest in the stock market. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. I wasn't expecting that answer. Okay. (laughs) Listen, invest in the stock market, especially Bitcoin, apparently. Yeah, yeah. The cryptocurrencies. There you go. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, you know, as far as starting my own practice, I would definitely say to partner up with uh, other attorneys that are doing something similar, Mm. bounce ideas off each other. That was something that I did later. That was something that I did later. I started to bounce ideas off of other solo practitioners and Mm. small firms. I would most certainly say invest in software and technology to make sure that everything's electronic. What else? Have fun. Have fun. You know, have fun. That uh, digital stuff, like invest in technology, do you think that that's kind of sped up or advanced with COVID, you know, with being able to do things electronically with clients? And so, yes, the good thing for me, the year before COVID hit, we got technology that made our office pretty much mostly electronic. Okay. So we have a platform that we communicate with our clients on Mm -hmm. that is similar to email, we can okay. text them through the software and we host their files as well. So they can go okay. online and log into their files. They can get messages from us. They can upload things into their file. So we were prepared for COVID. Okay. So okay. we were able to pivot and work remotely as yeah. soon as COVID hit. Very easily. We still had some older clients that we needed to scan things in. Of course. So we started to process that. And okay. now as of late, I'm scanning even all of my old files because one thing I learned about... Um, clients is that many of them come back. Many of them, if they they have young children or if they have more children and things like that, they come back because they need more services. So what do you think led you to kind of the specializations that you have with certain areas of family law? So what led you to that? So I was representing a criminal client and Uh that client and that client's mother, and I had some words. And later, but it was it was something that mom did that jeopardized my client. So I was okay. upset. And the mother meant well. She did it. She wasn't yeah. doing it to jeopardize her child. But, you know, we had some words and she asked me, she was like, you know what? I'm going to pay you to do her divorce. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I did that freaking divorce. And now I can't get out of family law. People always call me for it. I don't mind it as much. Um, and I think the reason why is because one of the things that I've learned in practicing family law is if you don't have the right attitude for it, you'll destroy mm. families for generations mm. to come. Yeah. And so I like doing it and I take this very seriously because yeah. it's my opportunity to let my clients know, listen, you can win the furniture, but then what happens? Like, do you never see your kids again? Right, that's, right. That's a very popular question that I hear. I always yeah. hear like, how often do you win? And I'm, yeah. I always tell them there's no winning in family. Right. You yeah, can't exactly. win there. I said, what yeah. do you consider a win? The child not seeing the mother or the child yeah. not seeing the father? There's no right. winning in family court. You have yeah. to still be a family. It's almost like that question, uh, is this the hill that you want to die on, really? I mean, do you really want to get angry about this one thing when there's always trade-offs and this is what you're risking by being so fixated on this one thing, right? Exactly. Okay, so that kind of leads me into another question that I wanted to ask you. So you talk about on your website about parenting plans. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what's an easy way to explain like an agreed upon parenting plan between a divorce or separated parents? And 
what is it, what it does, how does it work, um, how is that beneficial? Okay, so a parenting plan lays out what parenting time the mother, well, assumably the mother and the father. I'm going to use the traditional family. Mm -hmm. So the parenting plan is going to lay out when each parent has a child. It's going to lay out how you do your transportation. It's going to lay out how the major decisions are made. It's also usually going to lay out payments of Mm. expenses and child support, if if applicable. And it's kind of the do's and don'ts of how parents are to parent their child. Mm. And so when I prepare a parenting plan, I always tell my clients, listen, this is the floor. This is your floor. This is what happens if you guys are fighting and there's a breakdown. You all follow Mm. this parenting plan. Mm -hmm. If you all are getting along and things are going well, then throw the parenting plan in the drawer and just go parent. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so life happens, people conflict, people fight. So they have to use their parenting plan. If not, if they're not conflicting, if they're not fighting, they just parent. But that's something they can defer back to. Let's go back to what we originally agreed on, what we said and that we agreed on at that point. And that's kind of your base. I like how you say that's kind of the floor. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So is there something that you like best about your business right now? I honestly most certainly like Zoom court. It definitely saves me a lot of time uh, in commuting. I think funny enough, it's a lot more work, but it does save you a lot of time in commuting because I would often drive down to court, go through security, get on the elevator, wait and wait a full hour to say, judge, good morning. We're here. Can we get another court date? And then I was done. (laughs) So, and then back down into the office. That's two hours of time that I can get on Zoom now. Five minutes. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. I, I find that a lot of my times and appointments are much more efficient as well. Are there some areas of your practice, because you have kind of a wide breadth of things that you practice in, so are there a specific areas of your practice where you personally get the most enjoyment out of right now or that you particularly like? Family law is very trying, you know, but, and it's also thankless work. Mm. So, I like being able to set a family. I I do. I'm appointed by the court sometimes Mm -hmm. to represent children whose parents are in conflict. Okay. I like to do that often because I get a chance to talk to both mom and dad. When I'm representing a parent, I don't usually get to talk to the other parent. Right. But when I'm representing the child, I can Mm. talk to both parents and I can really put them in a place of understanding that. It's not best for this court to make the determination. I'm only going to know you for a couple of hours. The judge is going to know you for less hours than that. And so it's not best for that person to make the determination about essentially the rest of your life, right? Right. Parenting time, when you see your kid and things like that. So I'm always big on encouraging people to settle, to Mm. work out their differences. You know, at the end of the day, those parents know the truth about each other. Mm-hmm. You know, things that the court may never know or, mm-hmm. or or experience. Only they would know this about each other. So I always encourage settlement. So I like that I'm able to do that. I like that I'm able to teach families how to be, even though you're dividing this one family you have, you can still function as two families. Mm-hmm. And because you share a common interest, that child or children, that's your common interest. That's your common goal. So mm-hmm. you guys can live apart and not love each other, but love the thing you have in common and what, what's best for mm. it and work towards that in two separate houses. Yeah, that's, that's really well said. I like the way that you put that. So do you think there's a big misconception that people have just like about attorneys in general? What would you say is like a misconception you run into? Um, there are many. I think one of the biggest ones 
is that all attorneys are rich, of course. Okay. Um, that, that's a very big misconception. I think people underestimate how large our student loans are. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I find to be particularly interesting is people think that attorneys are magicians, that mm. we can change something. And, and you know, we I always tell people, well, I can't change your facts. These are your facts. Yeah. I have to deal with your right. facts and, and help you based on that. The other big, big, big misconception is that we know everything about law. We don't. We do yeah, not know everything right. about law. We don't know all the answers. Yeah. You know, I, I know nothing about uh, corporate law, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. But people always come up and ask you, as soon as they know you're a lawyer, hey, I got a question. Yeah. And it's like, I have no clue. I was just going to ask you that. Like, you know, the doctor at the party or the attorney at the party, everyone's coming up and asking, oh, you're an, you're an attorney? I have a question for you. Every time. It never fails. The only time you're not going to get a question is if you're in a room full of attorneys and judges. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But otherwise, yes. And it's usually like a strange question. And one of the things I've noticed over time, no matter what your answer to the question is, even if you give an answer, the person usually says, well, no, 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 it's not that because it's this. (laughs) And then you're like, why'd you ask? Right? No, I'm kind of like, okay. First, you're like, no, well, it can't be because then it's, you have to, and they're like, no, but it's, and then you're like, wait a minute. I'm actually having this conversation. Right, right now. And that I don't need. Yeah. And so I honestly, I shy away from questions now only because, you know, sometimes they lead to people wanting to debate. And I don't, I don't debate for free. Yeah. Right. I usually am very reluctant to share with people what I do. Not because I'm not proud of it, but just I get into those situations where they start asking questions about whatever the hot thing is right now. That's really interesting. So do you think in the clients that you work with, what do you see as a common blind spot for them? So blind spot, what I mean by that is things that are potentially negative for them from a legal aspect and an outcome, but they don't see them. They're not in their purview, right? But because of your expertise, you're able to notice those or bring those to their attention. The biggest thing I think that clients come with is the idea that they want to win. That's one big thing. They want to win. And so they haven't considered what that means. Right. Okay. Some people are focused on the term custody, not knowing what that legal term means. And Mm -hmm. here in Illinois, we don't even have custody anymore. And so (laughs) no such term exists for us, but people are focused on that. The last thing I think people fail to do, they fail to long-term plan. Mm. And so when, when my clients come in, I'm thinking about, they're thinking about this year and I'm thinking about the next 10. And so they fail to consider, okay, this might work right now, but what's the long-term plan? What works Mm. for the next 10 years for you or Mm. the next seven years or five years? You can't just think about this year. Mm -hmm. So that that's the biggest one, long-term planning. Yeah, they have that short-term vision in their mind. They can't see past what their problem is or their their issue is right now, what the long-term effects are. That's good. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. I'm curious if you could think about your first memory or experience with money. So this could be as a child, it could be growing up, it could be your first job, it could be, you know, when you went to college, but can you think of a first memory or experience with money? I absolutely can. <laughs> this is a funny story. My mom is going to okay. love this. I love so, funny stories. <laughs> when I was younger, remember, I've got eight older brothers. Right. So, and I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. 
And so when I was in kindergarten, one of my brothers used to, he was a very good artist. Okay. And he would draw these pictures and I would sell these pictures in school. <laughs> and so every day, so it was like the Little Mermaid, what else, Dunk, whatever you can think of, he could draw. Ninja Turtles, whatever, he would draw those things and I'd sell them in school. So by the time I was eight years old, I would loan my brothers and my okay. father's money then they would have to pay interest on awesome. the loans. All right. <laughs> so nice. That is my experience. So I was very good at, I was always been very good at being entrepreneurial and making yeah. money. money. So what was the going rate for a picture? Do you remember? What were you selling them for? I think you can get them the smaller ones between 25 cents and $1. Okay. That's great. I love that. Now in your, either in your, in your practice and your business and working with clients, have you probably seen both the positive and the negative effects of money when you're dealing with families or going through like a separation or a divorce? So speak to that a little bit, you know, how, you know, either the positive or negative effect of money and dealing with those things and how that can kind of change the trajectory of their life, either for positive or, or for bad. So with money, people are often fighting over money. Yeah. You know, sometimes they have it and they mm -hmm. are fighting over it because, you know, perhaps one spouse is the high income earner mm -hmm. and they want to make sure that their spouse does not get spousal support because that yeah. spouse cheated. Right. Yeah. And so that's right. not the law. So I yeah. can't make that the law. Right. <laughs> so that is oftentimes a big bone of contention. Sometimes you have a partner that is the spender and the other partner is the saver only to mm -hmm. find out, guess what? You saved and now you all have to split this money. Yeah. And so that's an issue. You know, the negative consequence though of money is oftentimes you have families that are in conflict and turmoil and they don't have the financial resources to yeah. get what yeah. they need. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. perhaps the kids need therapy yeah. or counseling yeah. and things like that and the family cannot afford it. Mm -hmm. And the free resources that we have or the low cost or slide and sale resources that we have are so, so, so inundated with mm. other clients, it's yeah. oftentimes difficult to get people into services that they mm. need. Yeah. So that sometimes can be a hindrance. I do like for Cook County, we have a lot of services that are free, but part of why they're free is because of the payments that are made with the court costs. Oh. But there are sometimes they have mediation that's free. Yeah. We have several mediation options that are free that cover different, you know, they cover different areas of law, not just family law. And then you have, um, they have sometimes a, we're appointed for free too. Like I've mm -hmm. done free representation many, many times for families that are in conflict and they mm. can't afford to have an attorney appointed on their case. So the court appoints us pro bono. Okay. So we have a lot of resources, but they're also very thin and not widely available to everyone. Yeah, I'm sure like the probably the wait times on those are probably longer, too. Right. Because you don't have enough people. More people are needing the service than the people available to provide the legal advice. So the other thing I was kind of thinking about in preparation is what what would you say is your biggest life accomplishment so far? So this could be personally or professionally or both. I think for me to date, it is becoming an attorney. I'm like, mm. for me, I'm living my dream. Awesome. So I am the first in my family to go to college and to go to law school. So I'm living my dream with my cousins. And now I have some younger cousins who are coming up and finishing college and things like that. 
but I'm the first one. You know, my grandmother's children, my my parents didn't go, my siblings mm-hmm. didn't go. You know, my grandmother's children, they didn't go. Mm. Uh, my cousins didn't go. I went. I was able to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. I believe that my next step, I'll be able to accomplish that as well. I was able to purchase my own home. I've mm. been able to. I've been blessed to be able to travel the world. So mm. I'm living my dream you know, in that if I set a goal, I make sure that mm. I succeed at that goal. Mm-hmm. And so even though now I'm not, I'm, I'm in a place of always setting something. It's always yeah. setting something. And right. so to date, it's going to be becoming a lawyer and traveling the world. I'm yeah. very big on travel. Okay. So while we're on that subject, do you, what's your favorite place that you've been to? So I really, really, really loved Thailand and I okay. really loved Colombia. Okay. And where where do you need to get to next? When we can travel. Oh gosh. You know <laughs> what? I know it, it it's killing my soul not to yeah. travel, but right. <laughs> you know, I had a trip planned to Dubai that did oh, wow. not happen. So yeah, I've I, heard I um yeah, I was definitely disappointed about that. I also had a trip planned to Ghana that I won't be able to. It, it's actually coming up, but I, I don't think that I'll do it. The COVID test to come back in the country has yeah. made me very fearful. It is right. very, 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 very intrusive. So I don't know. It's going to be between Dubai, Ghana, and Australia, I okay. think. So. And oh, wait, in Greece. In Greece. Okay, we got four there, I think. <laughs> okay, so... Think about this and then and then answer it honestly if you can. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing instead? So was there something that the young Maria, I know you said you always wanted to be an attorney. Did you ever have a backup plan? Was there something else, maybe an art dealer since your brother was <laughs> painting pictures? Or but if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what do you think you'd be doing or what would you like to be doing? You know, I might be trading stocks. Oh, okay. Or- I might be some sort of flight attendant slash something with the airlines where I can watch. So you could get the right. That's a good angle. I like that. Yeah. Or maybe a travel influencer, because that's a new thing that I would not have thought of as a child Mm -hmm. because that didn't exist. But something to do with travel so that I can travel. Okay. And outside of your practice, tell us, can you tell me something that you're really passionate about personally? So I was kind of noticing, I know you're involved with the Minority Legal Education Resources. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw that on your website. So um, I wanted you to expand on that a little bit. And it doesn't, that doesn't have to be your answer, but I wanted you to talk about that. It's something that you're really passionate about outside of your, outside of your business. So, yep. MLER is a bar resource for minority students to help them become successful and pass the bar and and join uh, the club and become Mm -hmm. lawyers. Mm -hmm. So that's a great organization that I work with. I'm also on a couple of university boards. They are extension councils. So I I like to do work with students. Um, Part of why, like I said before, I'm the first in my family to go to college. So navigating that was always extremely difficult being mm-hmm. able to figure out like, oh, what classes should I take? What mm-hmm. is this going to cost? What school can I? So I've always been very big on helping students, helping mm-hmm. students become successful, especially students who don't have any support. You know, the family would like to support you, but they just don't know how. Right. Yeah. So I like to do that, you know, outside. That's my volunteer work. 
But my other passion, my personal passion, though, is cooking. Okay. I love cooking and making okay. up new recipes and things like that. That's like my personal passion. So when I get up, I'm always make. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make something today. And I make different stuff. Sometimes okay. it's a recipe from online and sometimes it's something I made up. Well, I'm seeing like travel influencer and then you have a dish or you're cooking something for that particular destination that you're going to. Yeah. I think this, this is, could be a YouTube channel, I think. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> it would though. It's so funny the food I make up and people are like, how'd you make that up? I'm like, I don't know. I just thought it up one day. Right. And I, I thought it, it sounded good together. So I went with it. Yeah, so is, there, that's what is, I do. is there a unique or interesting fact about you that very few people know? Some people know if they if they did it. I was a martial artist. Like I grew oh. up in martial arts. Okay. All right. <laughs> so people, if you know me well, you know that, but that's okay. not something everyone Okay. Knows. So how, was that because you your brothers were also in it and you followed, followed along and went with them? Or was it something that you did on your own? There were, it was only me and two of my brothers. Okay. So okay. Not, not everybody did it, but the youngest ones, there's a very large range between the siblings. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. I grew up with a couple of my brothers closer to my age, but I also grew up with my nieces and nephews who were closer to my age because okay. my older siblings were yeah. already having right. children. Okay. So. so can you think of what you consider to be the most exciting part of your business right now? What are you most excited about in your business right now? We do a lot of community outreach. Mm. I am personally excited. I ran for office before. I'm okay. going to run for office again. So okay. I am excited about that. It's challenging, yeah. but I know that it's coming. So I'm prepared for it. So I yep. think that that's going to be exciting for my business. I know that my clients are usually very supportive mm -hmm. of my endeavors. And so that's exciting for me to have, you know, people that know you, they know your work that will vouch for you and support you. All right. So is that local politics? Are we talking local, state level? Do we have really high aspirations, Maria? How, how far are we going to take this? <laughs> so last time I ran, I ran for county commissioner. Okay. Um, this time when I run, I'll actually be running for judge. Um, awesome. And are, th are those are elected positions, correct? Yes, they are. Okay. Well, we have different ones, but the one that I'm going to seek Would is an elected position. Elected. And what do you think is your biggest challenge right now in your business? Biggest obstacle. So not a challenge or obstacle for your clients, but for, for you, your business right now. Expanding my team is very mm. challenging. Family law is very, very, very tasking work. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes difficult to find mm. somebody that is going to be willing to have that passion and that love mm -hmm. for the clients mm -hmm. who will do the same work and do a good job for my mm -hmm. clients as I do. So mm -hmm. that's very difficult to find someone that does that. I mean, people, yeah. not everybody wants to work hard and not everybody is caring and compassionate. And you must have that in this area of law. People are in the worst place in their mm -hmm. life. Calm. They yeah. are in shambles. Their lives are upside down. So you have to have compassion. You have to have care for them. Yeah, that would certainly be unique to that area of, of law, right? Yes. Other areas of law that you still have to be able to listen and stuff, but that compassion stuff isn't necessarily a prerequisite for other things. Um, yeah. And I like how you said that just it's, it's a deep emotional place for a lot of people because of the nature of what's going on. 
Okay. Yes. I mean, there is no way, you know, if you're a passionate person and compassionate, you know, there are times at which you might find yourself in tears for people's yeah. situations. Mm-hmm. And it's just unfortunate. But you have to be able to see this person as a person and yeah. see this person as somebody that you can care about and want to mm-hmm. help. We're all human. Yes. Yeah, that's and, well and said. And we are going to have our times that we're not at the best places in our lives. In the time that people call me, they're at the worst place in their life. So do you think there's a question that I should have asked you? Or is there anything you said earlier you want to expand on or maybe clarify? It doesn't have to be, but can you think of anything? I'll tell you this. I don't think I answered fully your question about why I started my firm. Okay. Um, I started my firm because I knew that there I didn't like the culture of the firms that I interviewed with. Mm. I didn't feel that I would fit in Mm. in a lot of those firms. And so I knew that I wanted to start a firm where I would be comfortable and people like me would be comfortable. Mm. And I also knew that I wanted to have a firm that was in the neighborhood that I lived in and grew up in. So my office is about six minutes from my house and it's about seven minutes from where I grew up at. My mom still lives in the same address that I grew up on. The, the address on my birth certificate is where yeah. my mom lives. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I always knew that I wanted to have a community-based firm mm. to be able to help. I help anyone, but I wanted people to know that I'm available to you and that I'm not going to talk over you. In fact, part of what I do when I do my consultations I never use legal terms yeah. with my clients. Right. We, yeah. only, we just talk. We just yeah. talk. And I want them to understand and I want them to be better when they leave my office. What you said there, I think that's an art. I challenged myself about 10 years ago to conduct meetings and not use any financial terms if I can help it or use a term in a different way to explain something. So then you're not talking over people's heads and they don't feel intimidated because it's, it's very easy when you have a lot of knowledge and you're using these terms all the time in court or something like that to, to use them, thinking that everybody knows what they mean. And that, I think that's a lost art um, almost in a lot of professions where being able to talk to someone in plain language that they can understand. So yes. if people want to learn more about you or they want to contact you, what, what's the best ways to do that? So my website is attorneymariabarlow.com. Okay. That's my website. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Facebook, Maria Barlow. And then they can also call me. My number, 773-614-7774. Great. So Maria, listen, I want to thank you for taking time to be here with me today. You've been a fantastic guest and I've learned a lot in just a short time. It's been a true pleasure to interview you. Um, folks, we've been here with Maria Barlow, founder of Barlow Law Firm. And thank you all for tuning in to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we're raising the retirement confidence of everyday people to another level, one show at a time. See you next time. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.